Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. So, but welcome. We are excited you guys are here and we are in the What's Next series and we're wrapping that up today. And, and so, man, we've talked through the four steps kind of of our church and, and how we've loved to see God take people on a journey. So we're kind of bringing all that together in this message today called Blessed and Highly Favored. All right. And so, man, I grew up in the church circle. And so there was a phrase that we use often. Um, it was like, man, how are you doing today? And see what people would say, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know what I'm So how many of y'all grew up in the blessed and highly favored era? Where y'all at? Okay, right there, right there. Boom, boom, boom. So how are y'all doing today? Blessed and highly favored. All right. Now, uh, different than Chick-fil-A where I get a chicken breast that's highly flavored. Okay, so that's not the same thing. I'm talking about blessed and highly favored and so uh, to do that, I wanted to take you straight into 1 Kings 17 because we actually see a story of someone who, gets, who, like, who walks this blessed and highly favored life out. And in 1 Kings 17, to, to kind of bring you into what's happening, there's a widow, a Zarephath there, and, and uh, God sends the prophet Elijah to her in the Old Testament uh, where she's going to provide for him miraculously, all right? And that's kind of where we pick up in verses 15 and 16 and says, uh, so he comes to her and asks her for um, something to eat. And so she, she went away and did as Elijah told her. She went and got him something to eat. And so there was food every day for Elijah, but also for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. I want you to hear me for a second. Man, this lady, she gave to Elijah, her oil never went dry, her barrel never run out. I mean, like she got to live this life of being blessed and highly favored. Now I'm going to want to say flavored the whole time I'm talking, but blessed and highly favored. She, so she gets to walk this journey out. So her nourishment never runs out. And how many of us have ever been in a position where we're looking to God because we want to live a life of flourishing, don't we? Like we want to live a life of fruitfulness, of fulfillment. Everybody, can we all agree? Like we would like to live a life that way. Turn to your neighbor and say, I do, right? Okay, so, so I want to live a life. If you're watching online in your pajamas right now, turn to your cat and say, I do. Okay, so we're not going to go into cats today. All right, so, but Many of us would go to this place and it's like, man, I wish God would like, if, if God would take care of me like that. How many of us will be honest? You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us have been honest enough to say like, man, if God would take care of me that way, if he, if he would give to me that way, if he, would, if he would pour blessings out on my life that way, if he would come to me and he, he would give to me like that, then I would be able to walk this blessed and highly favored life out. Like if he, if he would make it to where my resources never ran out, if he, would, if he would bless me in a way that, man, just everything was always good for me, then I would definitely be able to live a life of flourishing. And so it's like, it's easy to preach that, Brad, because she has everything she needs. She's blessed and highly favored. But I have a question for you because... The reality is, what if the journey to blessed and highly favored looks a lot more like stressed, hurting, and a little bit unstable? Now everybody's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. <laughs> right? I said, what, what if the journey to blessed and highly favored started out looking a little bit more like stressed, hurting, and a bit unstable? Because the reality is this, that's oftentimes more of what our life looks like isn't it? 
Like, has anybody ever been through that season? I'm, I'm, I believe that there are some of you in the room where God has literally led you through a season of confusion and of hurt, where you've walked this journey of not knowing where the next thing was going to come from or how God was going to lead you through the next season, especially the past year and a half. Am I right? And so we've found ourselves in those places. And, and, and here's the reality, right? How many of us have ever uh, had someone come up to us and, and they, they come to us and they look at something God just blessed us with and they're like, must be nice. Any of y'all ever need to say an extra prayer in that moment? Because how many of y'all know they didn't see the two years before that, did they? Like, come, like y'all are with me today, right? Like, they didn't see the struggle before the blessing, right? Like they didn't see the pain before the promise. They didn't see the hurt before the healing. They just see you walking in blessing. They're like, must be nice. I wish God was raining down blessings on me. And you're sitting there like, in Jesus' name, right? Like, I'm, I'm about to lay his hands. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, but so we find ourselves, we, it, it's so easy to find ourselves in that moment. And I want to take you back to the widow of Zarephath because a lot of times what we do is we'll look at people's highlight reel as the moment of fulfillment, not realizing, but before the fulfillment, there's always the faithfulness. And in our lives, we always want fulfillment, but very often times we find ourselves not committed to the faithfulness, but wanting the, faith, uh, the, the fruitfulness and the fullness. And so uh, we go back to the widow of Zarephath because what happens to give you a full context of the story is God uh, allows a famine and a drought to hit the land. And now there's no grain, there's no oil, there's no water. And so he sends Elijah to the widow and says, I have prepared a widow there that's going to take care of you. And so Elijah goes to where she is. But once Elijah gets there, he says, hello, I, I, I'm Elijah. Uh, if you'll go get me some bread and some water. And her phrase isn't, oh, I've got plenty of that. Let me go get it for you. She looks at him and she says, sir, all I've got is a little meal and a little oil. I'm gathering sticks right now to bake the last bit of bread for me and my son and then we're going to go and die. You see, a lot of times it's always easier to read the end of the story before we read the beginning. But it's in the beginning and the middle that we see how God is coming through. So God sends Elijah to the place where he provides. She does that. And, and let's go to verse 12 because that's where we really get a great context of the story. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour and a jar and a little olive oil and a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make a meal for my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, this is what he says, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. So he's saying, go home and make your bread, like you said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. Has God ever put someone or something or just his voice in your path that said, yeah, yeah I know you have a plan, but before that plan, do this thing for me. And you're sitting there like, uh, try again. Okay, there's only eight honest people in here. All right, so the rest of you said, how many of y'all ever been in that place? God said, give that person $100. And you're like, mm, I don't think that was God. <laughs> you know, like that, surely that's the pepperoni pizza from last night. That is not God. That's indigestion. That's what it is. But he says, go and do it. He said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. And he says, if you'll do that, it says, if you'll do that, God will bless you and your barrel will not go empty and your jar will not run dry. And she does. And that takes us back to where we opened where 
the word of the Lord came true and the barrel never went empty and the jar never went dry. And when she became obedient, this is what I want you to grab a hold of as we're kind of getting into this. When she became obedient with what she had, listen, not complaining about what she didn't have. Not talking about how little what she had was. Listen, she didn't allow herself to get consumed with the insignificance of what she had. She became obedient with what she did have. And a lot of times in life, we are frustrated over our inadequacies, not recognizing how God can take our inadequacies and make them adequate. We are frustrated because we don't feel like God has come through the way we needed him to come through. And so uh, we've been praying and praying and praying. And all of a sudden we've gotten down to the last little bit. And so God says, all right, I want you to do with the last little bit of energy, with the last little bit of peace, with the last little bit that you have in your heart, the last little bit of whatever it is that you're holding on to so tight. What, I want you to take that last little bit and instead of just using it for me, for you, I want you to use some of it for me and some of it for you. And you're going, uh, God, if you could have cashed in about six months ago, you know what I'm saying, before like everything went crazy I could have done that but now all I have is a little bit and God looks at us and he says if you'll be faithful with a little bit I'll make it much and so God is coming to us and and he's communicating that to us listen she wasn't frustrated over how little it was she wasn't caught up on comparing it to somebody else listen just because somebody else's Instagram looks great doesn't mean they're fine great they took the picture in first class then they walked to coach y'all know what I'm talking about so they hopped in selfie boom and then they went to the back okay their luggage is with yours not wishing it was different, not trying to keep it for herself. When she became obedient with what she had, hear me, God gave her what she needed. And in our lives, here's the key to living a life that is blessed and highly favored. You ready? This is the key. You can put this in your notes. A season of faithfulness will always lead to your season of fruitfulness. Your season of faithfulness, of saying yes to God, saying yes to his calling, saying yes to his purpose. Your season of faithfulness, giving when he asks. Yes, financially, but maybe beyond, what if it's beyond that? What, what, if, it's, what if financially isn't the struggle for you? What if it's serving? What, what if it's giving to God of your time or your talents? Listen, giving to, being faithful with what God has given you up until now will always lead to fruitfulness in what you need. And what God is oftentimes looking for is that we would be faithful so that he can show himself fruitful. And so there's this thing in Christianity called a paradox, which is, it just means that stuff doesn't make sense. In Christianity, we constantly live in a state of things not making sense, right? Prime example, giving, right? I'm not going to preach about giving today financially, but I'm just going to reference it for a second. God says, if you'll give to me 10% in the Old Testament, now New Testament warned of the law. So if you'll give to me whatever it is I place on your heart that I'm asking for, if you'll give that to me, I'll make sure you had more than if you would have kept the 100%. And we're like, no, that don't make sense paradox. Matter of fact, God, he comes on the scene and he says, if you'll rest, I'll make you productive. Paradox. That don't make sense. If you'll take one day off, I'll make you more fruitful in six days than you would be in seven. Paradox. Doesn't make sense. Man, if, if, if you'll display your weakness, I'll turn it into strength. Paradox. It doesn't make sense. He comes on the scene. He says, if, you, if you'll open your wounds, I'll help you get healed. It doesn't make sense. And, and, and he says, if you give, I'll make sure you receive. And if he, says, he says, if you'll serve, 
I'll make you fulfilled. And this is the way that God shows up in our life. And this is the, the, I want to give you three truths today to a faithful, fruitful, and fulfilled life. Three truths that you're going to grab a hold of. And we even see Paul's wrestle with this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. He says it like this. He said, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. See, Paul had just gone on and on about some of the things in his life that he was dealing with, struggles that he's having. And he says this, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, to my God's power, is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power might rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and in difficulties. I don't know about y'all, but delighting in persecutions is not on the top of my list. Come on, somebody. I said delighting in hardships. Not on the top of my list. <laughs> like, I, like, so I don't know about you guys, but this is the part that I struggle with. But that's why it's a paradox. Because he says, I delight in weaknesses and in insults. I don't know about y'all, insults. If there's one thing that just sets me off, man, it's when people got something to say don't, that shouldn't have anything to say. You know what I mean? It's like, how about you get you right and then you can worry about me? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, there's, some of y'all know what I'm saying. The rest of y'all, you, you don't have, y'all got different friends than we got, apparently. Okay, so... That is why I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. And this is the paradox. You ready? For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so many times in our life, our goal is to obtain, to gather, to hoard, to keep, to make happen for ourselves. It's to, it's to create for our own life something that we can have, that we can hold on to, that we can keep. And essentially what God is saying is, if you'll give me your life, I'll make what you need happen. If, you, if you'll serve, I'll create fulfillment. If you'll give, I'll provide. If you release, I'll let you keep. Everything in God's kingdom says, if you'll give it to me and trust me, I'll make great out of it. <laughs> that's the hard part because we live in this state of paradox. And so here's the th first truth that I want you to understand is that God is in the business of making the impossible possible. We've all been in that moment where like, God, there's no way you're coming through on this one. But isn't it always funny how the moment we say something like, God, there's no way you can come through. He reminds us of the last 36 times he did. Like anybody, has anybody God been faithful to in this life? Has he come through for you in a few areas? Like, isn't it interesting to me how it's like, God, I don't know if you're going to come through on this one. And he's like, yeah, but I came through on the last 56 times. You're like, yeah, but this one's different. Isn't this one always different? Like, I don't know, God, this one though. And so he's in the business of making the impossible possible. But hear me, what does that have to do with my purpose? What does that have to do with being fulfilled? Well, I want to give that to you today. Oftentimes we're either in two places. You ready? You can pitch which, pick which category is more tempting for you to fall into. Oftentimes we find ourselves in two categories. A, we're waiting for things to become perfect before we get plugged in. So like, God, as soon as you arrange the puzzle pieces in the right way, then I'll be ready. And hear me, there will no, it'll never be perfect for you to serve no more than it'll be perfect for you to get married or have kids. How many of y'all know you thought you were ready to have kids until you had them? And you're like, no, 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 I, I definitely was not ready for this. Right? Married folks, how many of y'all thought y'all had it figured out? Like you, like, all right, man, I know who this person is. I know every detail of their being. God brought me this perfect angel. And then you got married. 
And for me and my house, that's exactly how it went. Perfect angel and everything, no complaint. But I know for some of you, I'm just kidding. But how many of y'all know that you started finding things about that person you didn't know until that time came? You're like, oh, so you do that. (laughs) So you arrange the pantry that way. So you fold towels like that or at all. You know what I'm talking about? Like, so fitted bed sheets have a way to be folded. That's interesting. I didn't know that because y'all know how I fold them. Big timers get your roll on. That's how I fold them. So like, I don't. So we wait for things to get perfect before we get plugged in. Don't we? Like, I got to get the, as soon as as I'm making the right money at the right job and our home is doing this and my kids haven't lost their mind and whatever, hear me, that day is not coming. And that's the temptation of the enemy to convince you that there's a time coming where things will be the right time to do the things God called you to. I'm going to tell you the right time to do the things God called you to is when God calls you to do them, which is now. And so, but, but hear me, when we do them, he starts making things right. We don't wait for things to get right so that we can start. We start and he makes things right. Or we fall into the other category, which is we think the solution to fulfillment is outside. We think the the solution to fulfillment exists in the world and not in God at all. If I could get enough, keep enough, earn enough, if I could get the right awards, if I could make enough, if I could... If my career can climb enough, if I can get the right degrees, if I can do all of those things, I'll feel fulfilled. And hear me, I could tell you millionaire after millionaire who it wasn't until they found the purpose in God that they actually felt fulfilled. Because hear me, every destination is always a false summit. Everything where you go, that's what I'm going to get to. And once I get there, everything's good. Hear me, once you get there, you realize that's just a false summit because there's another there. There's another mountaintop. There's another earning bracket. There's another career change. There's another degree. There's something else that's always going to keep you chasing. Now, hear me. I'm not against any of those things. What I'm telling you is if those are the areas you're investing your fulfillment, it'll always leave you wanting more. But if we'll go to God, and that's why he takes us on the four-step journey, and we've gone through each one of those uh, in the series. We want to give them to you. So the first one is that we would know God. And we even brought these steps up here so you can see it. But we, the, the first step God wants us to take is he wants us to know him. And once we, once we know him, right, now we're walking in this knowledge of God, and we have this relationship with him. And so now we have this relationship with God, and, and, and he's freed us from our sins. And we're, we're now in him, and our salvation is secure in Jesus Christ, and our faith is in him, and it's beautiful. And, and then he says, yeah, but that's not the end. That's the beginning. And, and in church world, we treated this like the end like I grew up in that like once you get saved just hang on till Jesus comes try to time your sin out for the rapture type thing y'all know what I'm talking about okay so like, so that was kind of where I was mentally but what I realized is that when I'm in Christ man he has secured me and so now that he's secured me uh, now there's another step he wants me to take and and what, what happens is we realize that then he wants us to find freedom and we did a whole series on our whole week on that and you can go back and listen to it and so now that we've found freedom. And then in the church world, we've also tried to make a connection where once you know God, you should automatically find freedom, not realizing these are two different experiences. So what we've communicated to people when they get saved is you should already be free of that since you got that. And when, since they're not free of that, because come on somebody, how many of y'all know freedom is a struggle? Okay, just so we're clear. Because they didn't get free, we convinced them they didn't get saved. But freedom and salvation are two different moments, two different experiences. So then we get free. But then once we get free, we can discover the purpose that God made us for. 
I'm getting really worried at this moment right now on these steps. Okay, they're solid. But, but once we discover the purpose, then there's a moment. Okay, there's a mo- I should have practiced this ahead of time. Uh, there's the moment where we, we get to the highest place in life, which is today what I want to talk about. And that's where we make a difference with our life. Because hear me, the greatest level of living is living, making a difference in other people's lives. And that's where it's up here. And we'll talk more about that in a second. And so we come to God and, and hear me. He wants us to make a difference. He wants to live a life that means something. And I want to go ahead and just plug this right now. This book is What's Next, matches the series, How Crazy, right? So um, written by Pastor Chris Hodges. And uh, I want to encourage you guys, get the book. If this is a journey you're ready to really take serious, get this book. We have 10 of them in the culture shop. So you can go buy some today if you want, or you can order them online and be that guy. All right, so, but um, yeah. Order the book if you want to kind of find out more about this, especially if you're new to the church. I would encourage you to do that. But the highest place on the journey is actually, hear me, the highest place on the journey is in the fourth step. And here's the reason why. How many of y'all deal with stuff in life? Anybody dealt with stuff? You deal with stuff? How many of y'all got people around you that get on your nerves? How many of y'all ever had a moment where you were worried about paying a bill? Right? How many of y'all got people with the same last name? Wish they didn't have it. All right, there you go. All right, perfect. So, so we have, we live in this life. And hear me, down here at ground level, that's where we deal with stuff. You don't like your boss, you don't like your job, your coworkers are crazy, your kids lost their mind, all that stuff. Okay, so that's down here. And, and, and what happens is, is then we come in and we know God. And hear me, we are still around all of this. We still are dealing with this. This has not gone away. And then, and then once we're doing that, then we come to this place where we're finding freedom and we're discovering our purpose and we make a difference. But here's what I want you to understand. How many of us have ever looked at somebody before and we've been like, how is it that they go through their life and it doesn't matter what happens in their life, it doesn't seem like it bothers them? Or at least it seems like some people rise above their circumstances so easily. It seems like even though they've gone through some real pain and real trauma and real struggle, it just seems like things that, like, when, if, I, if the McFlurry machine is broken, my day is gone. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, like, for some of us, the smallest of details tend to own us. But then we look at some people and it's like, it doesn't matter what comes their way. They have the ability to rise above it. And the reason that is, is because some of us don't have our eyes fixed on ground level things. We've got our eyes fixed on high things, Jesus. <laughs> Hear me. It's not that they don't have stuff in their world. It's that they're in a stratosphere above it. It's that they're in a place with God where the things of this world don't hold them down because the things of this world can't even touch them anymore. They're living in a different place. And for many of us, we have come to this place where we're trying to figure out why is it that when the small details of our lives happen and they're insignificant or they seem insignificant, but all of a sudden they start to own us and our thoughts own us and our struggles own us and the things that we can't even change about life, they start to own us. And so that problem and that problem and that problem and that problem. And here's the thing, when we're at ground level down here, they can grab a hold of us. But what I'm trying to communicate to you is there is a life that is not in the middle of the muck. There is a life that is not in the middle of the junk. There is a life that is not down here where problems can cling to you. There's a way that you can live your life that even when the problems happen down there, I'm choosing to live way up here. And the beauty of this, the beauty of this 
is that it's available to all of us. We just have to choose to go there. And hear me, you'll never disconnect yourself from the things in your life if you're just waiting on them to stop happening. Because stuff will always happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, it's going to happen. Stuff will always happen. So hear me, the solution is not to get things to stop. It's to get yourself to a different place. So when you see people and they're like, man, it doesn't matter what you struggle with. It just seems like, it seems like you can just keep going. You want to know why? Because some of us are at a higher place. Well, yeah, things in this world may be real, but they don't own us anymore. Because we're at the top. How many are ready to live life at the top? And so let's talk about it a little bit more. But the, here's the thing I want you to understand. It's not an elevator. There's steps. And this is what some of us want. Some of us want to come on the backside of the staircase and be like, God, I'm trying. <laughs> like, We laugh, but this is what our prayer life looks like. God, I'm trying. How come? You don't love me like you love them because you let them get to this top. Their Instagram looks great. Like, so you know what? Rather than stand on top, I'm going to sit on the bottom. And hear me, it's not that your life ever gets better. You just become satisfied with what it's not. And if we're all being honest, we've all been there. And some of our prayer lives are us thinking that the journey to the top of fulfillment is supposed to be some sort of cheap elevator ride. But hear me, it's the work of taking steps. You don't get to fulfillment unless you discover what God built you for, but you can't truly know that until you find freedom from your yesterday. And you can't truly understand that until you meet Jesus. And you can't truly do that until you choose to let go of the things of this world to pursue the things of Christ. And once I pursue the things of Christ, I go, you know what, there's a person that Christ wants me to be, and it's the one that's free from all of this junk down here. And so I'm going to pursue the freedom. Now that I've found freedom, I'm going to discover what God really built me for. And then once I've discovered that, I'm going to start living the life of true fulfillment. I'm going to stay away from that top step. So that's, that's what we do. And so hear me, it's not an elevator ride. It's a step-by-step process of getting to where God wants you to be. But hear me, it doesn't work if you don't take the steps. And so take the steps. Fulfillment, fruitfulness, it's here. It's available to you, but it's found in the steps. I'm not, taking, I'm not talking about, I want to be very clear, I'm not talking about take the steps to heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven. I'm talking about now that you know you're going there, take the steps to a fulfilled life while you're still here. John 10.10 10 says, I came that you would have life, talking about eternal life, and then a life more abundantly, talking about the life that you're here. Let's live that abundantly until we get there. And so that's what God wants for us. And, and I want you to understand something, that God doesn't always change your circumstances. Sometimes he just changes how you see them. Because how many of you know it looks a lot different up here than it does down there? I'm going to say that one more time. How many, guys, how many guys know, hey, look, man, I'm getting a workout today. How many of y'all know it looks a lot different? Things look different up here than they do down there. You see, things look a little different uh, from this space. The, the problems of our life that seem big 
down there, they look a little smaller from up here. And the reality is God doesn't always change your circumstances. Sometimes he just changes how you see them. Because they look a whole lot different from this perspective than they do at ground level. That's why it's beautiful in Colossians 3, 1 and 2. You guys can put it on the screen. But he says this, since you have been raised to life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits, right? In the place of honor of God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Some of the translations say, set your eyes on things above where Christ sits. In other words, keep your eyes fixed up here. Don't keep your eyes fixed down there because here's the reality. We don't need different circumstances. We just need God that is bigger than our problems. We need God that's bigger than our problems. We don't need a solution to our problems. We don't need different problems. We just need God that's bigger than our problems. And so we need to realize what it is that God is doing. It becomes easier when we look at that. I don't know If you're going to get me through this, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I see where you saved me. I see where you took my sin and my shame. I see where you took me and you freed me from the stuff that was holding on to me. I see how you put something in me. And so despite how I may feel, I'm going to use what I've got. Because when I start using using what I've got, I get my eyes off of the things that are down here. And when I get my eyes off the things that are down here and I start using what I got, I find the fulfilled life in you that I've been trying to fulfill in me the whole time. And so many of you have heard the song, Turn uh, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I'm not going to sing it because I won't do that to you. But turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Many of you know this song. What does it say? And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You want to you make things around you become less penetrable, less, less difficult? You want things around you to seem less significant? Get your eyes and your life fixed on things that are above, the heavenly things the purposeful things, the the fulfilled things. I want to take you back to the widow of Zarephath for a second because what we have to realize is it's only when we give the little that we've got that we could get all that we could ever need. It's only in our faithfulness that God exposes us to fruitfulness and it's the paradox of Christian living like we've been talking about because it says that in serving you become served. I don't mean like that terrible early 2000s film either. All right. So you suck as God, sir. Anyway, so uh, in serving, you actually find yourself being served. And it's in giving that you actually find you're being given to. Matter of fact, it's in helping that you're being helped. And it's in giving life that you're receiving life. Hear me. It's the life that is doing something that finds great fulfillment in what it's doing. And for some of you, you have found yourself in a continued state of frustration because your life, you don't feel like it matters for anything. But I'm here to tell you, it does. But God wants you to get moving in what it matters for. And so Matthew 6, 19 through 21, he says it like this. This is God talking. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. 
But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And he goes on to say this. He says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Where your treasure is, where, whatever it is that you consider the most valuable, that's where your heart's at. Whether it is, in fact, your money, but maybe it's different. Maybe it's more than that. And I'm certainly not saying that you shouldn't have any of these things. What I'm saying is we should all be in a ready position to serve and give and obey God with what he's given us. See, that's what he's called us to. And so when the widow gave the bread to the prophet, it never ran out. So I want you to understand something. So the grain, say grain. I want to say it one time, say grain. The grain represents substance and the oil, say oil, represents presence. And so her substance and her presence never ran out. Now I want to invite you into a space for a second. How fitting that in 2021, the two things that we're lacking the most in our life is substance and presence. I'm going to say that again. How significant is it that in 2021, the two things we want more in our life is a life full of meaning and a life full of the presence of God. And here we have a woman who gave what little she had and the two things that never ran out in her life were substance and presence. The two things that she always had. And so I want you to understand this. We will never find eternal fulfillment in temporary things. We, I, you, will never find eternal fulfillment in temporary things. So if we're building it up on that, we're never going to find that. You see, some of us are running through life on empty jars and barrels. No substance, no presence. You're chasing things. The substance you're hoping to have is just an empty jar. Why? Because you can never truly find substance alone. When living for you, it will always produce an empty jar. Moreover, many of us are confused and frustrated because our spirit feels empty. Because you've made the spiritual journey a solo project. The joy and fullness you're looking for, for many of you, is an empty barrel. Because you can never truly connect with God alone. Say alone. When living life by yourself, you will always feel like an empty barrel. And that's why groups are so important. And to help you understand uh, a story uh, about groups, we actually have one to show you as we're wrapping up today, uh, a video of one of our friends that joined a group last season. Her name is Young, and, and we want to let you watch her video. Go ahead and roll it, guys. My name is Young. I was born and raised in Panama City. First generation here. Parents came from Vietnam. Charity Billbrook. And I uh, do a lot of things. My name is Young. I was born and raised in Panama City. First generation here. Parents came from Vietnam. Charity Billbrook. And I uh, do a lot of things here, but one of the things I do is lead small groups. So when me and Lydia were thinking about starting this group, we, um, we were like, what's the most important thing that women need to know in our church? They need to know the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So I just think it was really important. As a kid, right, my dysfunctional background, I didn't trust anybody. Everything I, everybody I opened up to, uh, my family, friends, I just didn't have any trust. And not having the right people around me to help me with that, it just caused a lot of confusion. And then something led me here to TC and I'm like, 
you know, I'm gonna give it a try. You know, what do I have to lose? And I came here and then I, something urged me to say, hey, you get to know the Holy Spirit. And I was, I signed up and it happened to be the last day, <laughs> which turned out to be great because I, I felt really comfortable and I actually shared a pretty deep uh, experience with the group. It just yeah. felt at home. What about that night at small group when you showed up? Walk me through the moment. It was like, wow, this is like what I needed. When I opened up and I shared my story and then I got um, some feedback from, it was Lakeith mm -hmm. and Pastor Brad, and it was just an eye-opener. They told me something that I already knew, but it's, I think it was just the environment and the group and being able to let go that I actually received that message. And it just, it was like everything flashed before me and it just reshaped my whole past. That's... Because they were able to reframe it from the perspective of Christ. Yeah, the Holy it's like Spirit. letting, it's like a splinter mm -hmm. in your soul. And they were able to remove that just by clarifying that question that I had, that I had brought up. <laughs> What's rewarding to me about this is once I made that leap of faith in committing my life, um, I've had a group of people to do it with um, that helps, it, it just helps you kind of be held accountable. Mm -hmm. And to, so, because it's so easy to fall back into your old ways, you know, but being in the small groups and being able to lead helps me stay connected. Regardless of if you join a small group, the first Sunday that we launch them, the middle of the season, or you come to the last group, you're going to leave connected. And everyone there is just as nervous, if not more than you are. Um, so you're in like company, so. It's such a good environment to be in. And like, it's a healing process too for everyone. There's a lot of things you're gonna learn off of each other. You're gonna feed off of each other. And then one day you never know where it can take you. Yeah. yeah. Let's give it up for Young, you guys. <laughs> a beautiful story. Matthew 6, uh, 31 through 33. Jesus gives us a little bit of insight, and he says this. He says, so don't worry about all of these things, saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. He says it that way to let us know that our hope is actually in something else. So these things dominate the thoughts of those that don't know me, that don't trust in me. So, so don't, don't worry about those things, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. He says, tell you what, this is what you should do. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you all that you need. Hear me, friends. Seek the kingdom of God. Get your eyes fixed on heavenly things, things that are above. Go, go to the highest possible place. Let's, let's find ourselves in this place where ultimate fulfillment can be ours. We need to find ourselves here, <laughs> not here. 
And for some of you, God has been challenging you to live life differently. He's been challenging you to change some of the things in your life. For some of you, he's been challenging you to serve. He's been challenging you to go to next steps. Right now, some of you, he's challenging you to join a TC group. He's telling you, listen, there's some steps in front of you and you can live higher. But it means saying yes to taking a step. And so I put it in your notes. You can fill in the blank if you want to. Because how many go in the last 18 months or so, life has made us feel a lot of ways. Maybe it's made you feel frustrated. Maybe life has made you feel discouraged or hurt. Maybe life has made you confused. You found yourself overwhelmed with all that life can bring to you. And despite all of that, God has brought you through it. And he's got you here right now. And he didn't bring you through all of that so that you could keep your story to yourself. He didn't bring you through all of that so that you would find yourself silenced in a chair somewhere. Your story, your life, hear me, your purpose is needed. And it's only when you use it that God gets glory and you become fulfilled. So take the next step. Whether for some of you it's going to be the last one and starting to serve, whether for some of you it's going to be the next one at next steps after this service, you can join us. Whether for some of you it's going to be joining a TC group, and whether for some of you it's just meeting Jesus. And in your notes, I left two blanks. I've felt blank lately. Yet, today, I'm choosing to blank. I want you to reflect on those answers as we pray this morning. Because I believe God is ready to move some of you from where you are to where he wants you to be. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for how you're taking people on a journey from step to step towards ultimate fulfillment. We love you today and we thank you. In Jesus' name, if you're here today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and you need Jesus in your life very easily, very quickly, you need Jesus to forgive your sins and give you a clean slate and a fresh start. And if that's you, I wanna pray with you right now. I wanna have you repeat this prayer after me and it's, it was never easy because it costs Jesus' life, but it is simple because all it takes on our end is faith. And if you wanna believe for Jesus to give you a fresh start and a new beginning, we can pray that prayer today. I wanna invite you to pray it with me and the whole church is gonna pray so you're not praying by yourselves. Let's pray church, say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Make me clean and make me whole. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that today. We celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.